This is Professor Raymond Noby, Department of Ancient History, log entry number two. I believe I have made a significant find in the castle of Cantor. Having journeyed there with my wife, Henrietta, my daughter, Annie, and associate professor, Ed Gettler. It was in the rear chamber of the castle. We stumbled upon something remarkable. Once again, yes, the same shit you ask every week. But I'll indulge you, you creepy English tart. I'm here for my weekly stash of teddy mags, my favorite taco bar in the whole wide world, Toblerone, and my lotto tickets. Who bought a shingle? I have one! Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z. As always, I am your host, Derek Carey. And because this is DNT, along with me is my beautiful bride, Tammy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good now. Well, if that's all it takes, I'll have to do that every <laughs> single day. Hey, I wouldn't mind that. Okay, so if you aren't familiar with these DNT episodes, seems how we've only done one of them, <laughs> um, <laughs> what it is is essentially... I make my wife, Tammy, watch one of my shitty movies, and then she makes me watch... Usually like a romantic comedy or a movie that Derek would never choose. So tonight, usually it would be two movies pitted against each other, and then at the end, we'll see, we'll try and come to an agreement to see which one was better. But tonight's kind of a special circumstance, and we'll kind of get into that a little more in depth in the episode itself, but let's just say... We saw three movies this time. Yes, three movies. Yeah. So uh, hold tight, get ready, grab a drink, and here we go. Even a man whose heart is pure and says his prayers at night can change to a wolf when the wolf bane blooms and the full moon shining bright. Okay, so we're going to do three movies, as we said before tonight. The first movie is... Heavy Metal Massacre. The second movie, the one that she chose for me, was Blue is the Warmest Color. And the third one is Godzilla, the new Godzilla, because we actually took the time, got babysitters, and went and saw it in the movie theaters. Paid a lot of money to do this. Way too much money, but I'm not going to give away my... Thoughts on Godzilla just yet. So the movie that I made Tammy watch this week was a shot on video film from the late 80s called Heavy Metal Massacre. So Tammy, go for it. What is Heavy Metal Massacre? Heavy Metal Massacre is a movie. I think they only pretty much filmed in three rooms. And in this movie, it's about this nice looking uh, heavy metal dude with some tight pants, some Great uh, bleach blonde hair, rock and roll style from 1989, and basically he's like a like a sil- serial killer, and he picks up women at these bars, and it doesn't take much for him to pick them up, and uh, goes back to his place. He stares at the wall walls for a really long time, looking at some pretty cool posters, and eventually he like chains these women up against like a wall like in a basement or back room and he kills them and nobody can figure out who this killer is did i sum it up for for the most part i mean what what did you really think the movie was about showing some great looks at the camera the guy did a really good job at looking at the cuz it was probably a camcorder Oh, it was yeah. definitely shot on a VHS camera. Um, so he had a really good stare 
into the camera, and he had some like classic looks with his hair. I mean, just reminds screams the eighties. And then there's some great posters that if you had a black light on in the room, they were the velvet yeah, style they were that like you would this, get at the county fair. Yes. Um, the only thing I think we were missing were um, probably a, a dream catcher. <laughs> <laughs> that you would have to go and, and do the, the ball in the cup game yeah. in order to get at the county fair. Yes. Um Okay, so let's let's start this out with um this movie took us oh. an entire week to watch. I mean, I fell asleep probably every after fifteen minutes starting every time we I think it was almost every ten minutes. Well the first night I fell asleep fifteen minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes in. Do you want to describe what those first 15 minutes were like? The first 15 minutes was some great music. Oh, and the other thing that this movie had in it, um, we kept saying every every time we turned it on, it was just basically an excuse to play somebody's um, record. That they yeah a band it a was band. The, the soundtrack of this and, and I think the whole point of this film which was clearly you know is it was made at right in the middle of that shot on video VHS boom of the the mid to late eighties where uh, mom and pop video stores were seeking content for their shelves and there was a niche where. Um, Low budget, micro budget, no budget filmmakers with a camcorder could make a movie and get their movie widely distributed on mom and pop video store shelves and make some money. And this film obviously tried to market on 80s hair metal and the shot on video uh, boom that happened for a very short window of time. And uh, it was obvious that the main point of this film was that the the director, star, and writer, if you could say anybody actually wrote a script for this film, um, was in a band, and the whole movie is nothing but sh- a showcase for his band's music. It was like they just played the entire record and then showed slow pans of the guy's apartment walls for about like 10 minutes at a stretch, and then shots of him with his huge teased blonde hair. Um, and, standing and he wore wall. lots of eyeliner. Yeah, lots. I mean, he he definitely. They did a good makeup job. I mean, it was just their normal wear. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, <laughs> what? <laughs> we aren't kidding when we said it took us an entire week yeah. to watch this. Movie. And it was like torture because then the next night Derek's like, you know what we have to watch. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to fall asleep. I almost thought about giving up on this movie and just choosing something else because I believe I bought Nurse, um, which I haven't watched yet. You know, and I was I was thinking, oh, this has got to be better than this. But we, you for some reason kept pushing me on to to finish this movie, and it it's to be. I got to be honest, it, it it may be the worst movie I've ever seen. It it's bad. I mean, I've and on previous podcasts of Astro Radio Z, I laid out there the the two worst films that I've ever seen. What was that? Andy Milligan's uh, "The Rats Are Coming, The Werewolves Are Here," which I don't believe I've ever made you suffer through. And remember that movie? We went up to my mom and dad's cabin, watched the the um, horrible, sexy vampire. Oh yes, the one that we both fell asleep twice to. Yes. Yeah. Those were the two worst movies I've ever seen. I think this might be worse. <laughs> it was bad. There was more dialogue in the end, but not a whole lot. I bet you there was at most two pages of dialogue in this entire movie. Yeah. At most. And you couldn't hear it anyway because it was obviously onboard camera mic from like the back of the room. Half of the movie is literally that dude standing next, looking at camera from across the room, leaning on a wall. All the dude needed to do was look at some chick and she'd come over mm-hmm. and he, he'd be like, let's go back to our, my place. And she'd be like, OK. And then they go back to the, his basement where he'd shackle them up onto some uh, skids. Didn't she? Didn't he drug them first? Uh, did he drug their? I, see, I was so bored. I was dipping in and out and. 
it was literally nothing happened. There was, I would say, a good 75% of this film are shots of the dude's walls in his apartment building and and him standing next to a wall in a club. That's literally 75% of this film. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder if that bar, if it was really just somebody's bar they knew in a basement. Oh, I'm almost positive it is. Because then, then of course, he's the serial killer because he has in the, the basement of his apartment building, somebody must have left some, you know, pallets in the in the basement and he would handcuff shackle, them. Yeah, he'd hand, handcuff the girls to the pallets and then hit them with the sledgehammer. And there was never really any blood. No. Like you would get hit and there was no blood. Yeah. So, uh, well. It was bad. What, I mean, what did you. What did you honestly think of this film? It was really bad. It was, I just, I just wanted to get it over with. The first night you put it on, I'm like, I think I even said to you, really? Is this all he's going to do? Just stand there and do another angle view <laughs> of him just looking? Yeah. It was bad. But I, the only point of the story I remember is, and actually I think you fell asleep or forgot that necklace. That's how they figured figured out. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, there's two stories. There's the story of the serial killer, heavy metal rocker dude, and uh, then there's the side story of these two heavy metal rocker uh, chicks that look like dudes that are big into cocaine. And uh, the one rocker. No, the one girl really was, but her friend wanted her to stop. Right. The one that looked like a man wanted her to stop. Yes. And. Uh, the one that was snorting cocaine gave her a necklace. Well, she had just went shopping and got, it, was it like a, it just reminded me of like a, it was a black, like leather um, chain, you know, like back in the day, like a choker. Um, and I think it might have had like a dragon or something on it, a metal dragon. Oh, see, I don't even care. I have no idea. You know, something you would have gotten at Hot Topic. But, um, well, there was no hot topic in 1989, was there? In the 90s, I know there were, because I used to go there in high school. She went shopping, she got this really cool necklace, and then her her coke friend, who this blonde chick, was like, oh, that's awesome, can I just wear it to go out tonight? And the friend's like, I didn't even get to wear it yet. Oh, I guess, okay. But just stop doing coke, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so they go out, blah, 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 and then um, the brunette chick who looks like a man had to go to the bathroom, and then that's when the blonde cokehead was just hanging out at the bar, and then... The heavy metal massacre dude. Yeah, the heavy metal massacre guy um, who likes to stare at the camera came The director. And, yes. He came and uh, was chit-chatting with the blonde, and at that point he... He offered her some coke to come back to his apartment, and that's how he reeled her in. And from that point, um, of course, he killed her, and uh, then he took off her lovely necklace and then gave it to his buddy. And then that's how that one chick saw the other dude at the oh, bar. Oh, right. You mean, you mean the dude that in the, the post-credit sequence was labeled, had a nickname of Preteen, yes. That was obviously it was clearly the weirdest credit I've ever seen. The why credits would, why were would anyone more give somebody? Why would anyone ever give somebody a nickname of preteen? I don't know, but the credits were more interesting than the movie. I, I, there's not much really to say about this film because there really isn't much of a film here. If you're you're a shot on video freak, on um, and you like the '80s. No, I, I'm not even given a recommendation for. I'm just saying, if you're one of these people that like these kind of movies, this is one of them you can clearly avoid. There's, I mean, as enticing as a heavy metal horror film is, it's one of my favorite subgenres. This was awful. It, it's it's easy nowadays to say this was the worst thing ever because everything's the worst thing ever now. It seems, um, but this uh, this really is. This may be, this is tied, I don't know, I almost got to say it might be. No, it's kind of charming in a heavy metal 
kind of goofiness way. So it can, it's not worse than Andy Milligan's. Movie, At least but you have music to listen to yeah. the entire time. Like okay, maybe so if you weren't watching it and you just listened to the music. It's in the top three. It's got to be in the top three worst movies I've ever seen. It's bad. The fire of love is burning deep. The fire of love won't let me sleep. Oh, my love, hear this, my because of you, it's burning me. And for our next movie, I made Derek watch Blue is the Warmest Color, which is a French film with subtitles. And now I guess Derek has to explain this part of it. But if you, the title in French is La Vie d'Elle, chapters one and two. <laughs> the Life of Adele. Blue is the Warmest Color is a pretty simple love story about two girls that meet each other, fall in love, are very passionate with each other, have a have a real sexual connection. Very intense sexual connection and then over the course of their relationship become disenfranchised. Um there's adultery, they split and then their eventual like what ends up happening after the split that's that's the whole movie there's not really much more to it, it but it it's 3 hours long and it really is done in it's done in a cinema verte way and in case you don't know what cinema verte means it means it's um kind of like a a slice of life kind of film where it's shot in a way that's kind of like a documentary where it's you're there's not supposed to be a bias or um, a narrative angle to it. You're kind of just watching things happen and uh, not trying to really push a linear story ahead. Uh, the film is done in a way where it jumps forward in time without you really knowing what's going on. It starts with Adele in high school um, as a junior, and then she she meets Emma, who is um, uh, a French college art student, and uh, they fall immediately in love. Then it jumps ahead a few years to where Emma's a, a kind of a struggling artist trying to get into art galleries and start her career and Adele is living with her and becoming a, a kindergarten teacher and then it just kind of goes from there uh it's a super simple story the the big to do about this film that everybody you know talks about is that it has highly graphic sex scenes in it so if you ever want to see what lesbian sex looks like without Watching just porn? I mean, this is very real. Well, here's the thing, is that I've read many lesbian critiques of this film stating that this is a very sensationalized male perspective on what lesbian sex is like because this was directed by a man Mm. that the and this is just what I've read from certain people that have critiqued this film is that some people in the lesbian community believe that because there's so much, so many shots that are focused on the girls' asses, the sex is very gratuitous and in your face. That it's done from a male perspective and for a male audience, as opposed to it being a lesbian love story, kind of like the way that Brokeback Mountain was supposed to break that barrier for the mass audience, where it was supposed to show you a love story instead of it being a gay love story. It was just supposed to be a love story that happened to be about gay men. Blue is the warmest color is kind of supposed to be a love story that happens to have lesbians. But at the, it at has the a of lot it. of sex in it. Well, the middle section, once they finally hit, and I don't, honestly, the sex was the least interesting part of the film to me. What? It was hot. There's no doubt about it. It was hot. And as a man, I, I thought it was extremely hot because they're both beautiful women. But the, what got me was the way that the film portrayed people falling in love and living with each other and then ultimately falling apart. And then what happens to people when certain relationships dissolve 
and one person still hanging on and the other person moves on. I thought they the explain way that, that really well. They don't explain it. They just well, it just you know happens. I mean. And the way that it's shot and the way that it's put together and the way that it's paced, because it's three hours, it gives enough space uh, for the actresses to really do what they need to do to portray these people realistically. Wait, and their feelings seem real. I just think after everything that happened and they are slowly breaking up, I think the words that come out, the feelings that you feel, the feelings that are shown, um, obviously you could tell that Adele was extremely depressed. Those are real. Well, she was more than depressed. She, she realized that she loved her more than anything. Right. And that she needed her and that, that sense of like desperation was palatable. Like, I honestly like you could feel it. There was there was nothing forced about it, and that's what I really loved about this movie was that that first, you know, she it starts off it's like a coming of age story in the beginning where you know she's just a, a high school kid stumbling through relationships trying to figure out you know how does she stay popular with her clique. And then also explore the side of her that she doesn't want to come out because her friends are judgmental of her. So she kind of has a boyfriend fling for a little bit, but realizes it does nothing for her. And then one night she goes out to the to the gay club and then there you go. She's kind of figuring it out. So when when they finally get to that point where she goes out with Emma and they're at that park. And, you know, they're about to have that first kiss, but they don't. The way that it's shot and the way that it's paced. I mean, it's it's really touching. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not normal Astro Radio Z kind of film. This is this not is that kind of film. bringing out the sensitive, sensitive side of Derek. No, I I like movies regardless, regardless of genre. I like movies that make you feel something. And I picked this one. Oh, this is what this is about. It's about, <laughs> oh, I picked something that Derek liked. Guess what? I win. Um, but no, Blue is the Warmest Color was an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. It was it was beautiful. It was touching. It was three hours long, but you never felt it. The only reason it took us like three nights to watch it is because we watched it at 10, o'clock, o'clock. Yeah, 10 o'clock at night, every night after like a 12, 13 hour day and kids. And we had to stop the movie because you either got tired or I got tired. And it's like, OK, well, let's just pick it up. And the way that it's it's shot, you can kind of stop it and come back to it. It's kind of done very episodically mm-hmm. because it's done in that sim- well, like cinema Well, like they said, there's style. like two chapters. Well, there's- yeah, the the love story and then the breakup. Right. So. And in case you know nothing about this movie, the reason it's called Blue is the Warmest Color is because Emma has blue hair when Adele meets her. Yeah, I, I suppose that's I mean, why it's... Well, I, I don't part, really know the reasoning why... I mean, other than blue symbolizes right, love. that too. Yeah. But I mean, that's what she notices when they, when she first, first sees her. I mean, obviously, it's the blue hair. And, right. And then you kind of follow this girl with the blue hair, and and then it turns into what it is. And What did you think of this movie? Because you, you've been kind of quiet to me about it. You didn't say uh, anything about it at all. You said we weren't allowed to talk about it. <laughs> So, what did you think about this? I thought it was really good. I guess me personally, I I really felt for Adele. Um, she was a wonderful actress. Mm-hmm. They both were. I thought everyone in this movie was, except for her parents, were kind of shitty. I don't. I didn't Adele's? Think, yeah, I just didn't think they were good actors. But I think it was realistic how they were. Well, yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I just oh. thought out of just if you were just looking at craft. They were the only two kind of weak links in the entire movie. Otherwise, everyone was really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I thought it was, I mean, I just think they showed so much real feeling. Um, it was very natural. Yeah, without even having to say a lot at certain points. Like you could, I mean, because part of the reason I think why Adele did what she did is because she was sensing Emma going back to her ex-girlfriend. 
And they never completely said if she if she, if was, she was cheating, cheating on, on her. her. Yeah. Um, but I she got so jealous in her head. Well, let's not let's not spoil. Oh. Uh, we've we've kind of spoiled a lot of it, but let's but, not spoil everything. But I I just think the thoughts that went on in Adele's head are very real, and I think anybody watching it could put themselves in that place in whatever kind of relationship they're in and see that as themselves thinking those thoughts. Um, and then what Adele does, um, whether people act on what happens or not, um, unfortunately is a very real thing and people go through that. I, I think I, I, I liked how, it wasn't always just focusing on this love story. It also focused on their lives in general because she was a teacher. So they would go to her um, being a teacher and dealing with kids. And it wasn't it didn't really service the plot so much as more of show her in her life and what kind of person she was. And because there was this thing between Emma and her where Emma is, you know, this free spirit artist, very passionate and feels that um, there's really nothing more to life than uh, creating something and expressing yourself. And she just couldn't wrap her head around the fact that that Adele expressed herself by helping children learn and that it was satisfying to her to help other people learn. And that was it, it's never like put out there explicitly. But because it's shown in this way where you just sit with her in her life at, at school and then going out and well, then with her family, that you get this overall picture of who these people are and, and what their real feelings are, as opposed to having to have dialogue telling you flat out in the face what exactly is going on here. Over and over, though, Emma kept saying, you're such a good writer. Why don't you write? You should write more. You're such a good writer. And I think Emma wanted her to be more expressive in an artistic way. Well, she is kind of a quiet person. Right, right. And Adele was fine with what she she wanted to do. You know, she had her own reasons. Emma wanted her to kind of venture in this more creative way. But it's kind of like, it's true. I, I think it's really true. Um, opposites do attract. And they had, a, you know, they were very different people in what they liked to do. And it was obvious at um, when they were doing the art show for Emma, Adele felt uncomfortable with her art friend. She had a good time, but you could tell she didn't know what to do or what to say or how to act. Right. But it was a really, it was a really good movie. And I don't know, I, I felt really sad for Adele. I mean, she reaped what she sowed. Mm-hmm. And that, it, it, and you know that's that's life and i think the the main thing about this film is that it portrays regardless of the fact of whether it's sensationalized or whether it's from a male or female perspective who cares about that let's look at the film itself honestly it, it i thought it it felt very naturalistic and i loved everything about it i i really enjoyed watching the film and by the time it was done yeah, you feel awful. Mm-hmm. You feel awful, but it's it's life. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it's great. I I, I gotta say, it's probably one of it, we w- the first movie was one of the worst films <laughs> I've ever seen, and this is probably one of the best films I've seen in a few years. Mm-hmm. I have to say, most in college when I was a French minor, I used to rent from Family Video. By the way, when you work there, oh Jesus um, Christ! But, Do you even want to go to that? No, but I, when I was a French minor, my, my college professor would always try to get us to to watch French films all the time. And actually, like, that's something I always did by myself. I just go rent, look up different French films, and I don't think there's a French movie that I've watched that I've never really liked. I've always like fell in love with the story. I always kind of felt sad at the end. Not sure why, but I don't know. I really do like French movies, though, I have to say. I think there's a lot of feeling to it. I've seen a lot of French cinema, and there are a bunch of shitty movies. (laughs) Well, apparently I'm probably just looking up the ones that were recommended (laughs) by my French teacher, and she 
would obviously only tell me the good ones, but... Yeah, she's not going to send you watching the, the shit that I watch. No. No. But, I mean, I, I love movies like this. I don't know. This one just... I don't know. This... So well done. It's beautiful to look at. That I want to I want to end it on uh, the most beautiful shot of this film is that first kiss. They're they they're on either side of the screen with the sun, and the sun is directly shot right at I the camera. I think it was the sunset. It's, it's bloom the the I mean it's blooming in the lens, and the two when they go to kiss, it's just blooming. It's a gorgeous shot. Mm-hmm. It's so it really tugs at you like mm-hmm. it's. It's it's, that, it's a moment. It, yeah. it was a huge moment. It's how a first kiss should be, how you imagine it to be mm-hmm. with a person that you absolutely are head over heels with that you don't really know yet. Mm-hmm. And you just want to get to know them. Yeah, it's probably like you want to get to know them. <sighs> Hence, I imagine that's how your first kiss with me was. Was hot lesbian sex? <sighs> Yeah, baby. (laughs) Derek. (laughs) Well, I'm getting tired working hard every day. Working every day and not getting much pay. I got a big guy counter, it's a pretty good rig. Starts clicking, it's where I'm gonna dig. Money, money, honey, the kind you fold. Money, money, honey, rock and roll. Bring it in, paint it up like hey, have a rocking good time and throw it all away. Okay, and the final film we're going to talk about, and normally when we do these DNT episodes, there aren't going to be three movies. This just happened to be because it took us one week to watch Heavy Metal Massacre. Then it took us three or four nights to watch Blue is the Warmest Color because we're old fucks. And one of the reasons we started this show, well, you have no idea what time it is, but we kept meaning to try to start recording this earlier than later First, our uh, seven and three-year-old came down the stairs because one bit the other and then one hit their head on something. So we had to get them both ice packs, send them back to bed. Okay, we're going to start the show. Then they both come running down the stairs again because there's a spider on the ceiling. This is an endless thing that happens every single night. Having a podcast in general is tough enough, but then trying both of us to do it is really tough, and I was afraid we weren't even going to be able to do it. But that kind of sets up how it is every night when we want to sit down and try and watch a movie is that we don't end up – right now it's 10.03. This is usually the time when we start to mm-hmm. watch a movie, and I have to be up at 5.30 in the morning, which I usually just delay and snooze until 6, and then after which I shouldn't. He leaves, then I have to get up with the whole crew. Yep. And our day is super, super early. And then trying to watch a three-hour movie or trying to watch, what is it, an hour and 20 minutes that turned oh. into seven fucking days. Yeah, Heavy Metal Massacre. <laughs> oh, let's let's save it for the, for the ultimate recap. Um, so we actually went out to the movies this weekend. And we went to the 7 o'clock show instead of the, like, 9 or 10 o'clock right. show, which is huge because if we probably would have went to the 10 o'clock show, I probably would have fell asleep. <laughs> so not only did we pay a lot for two movie tickets, um, we had to pay a babysitter $10 an hour. Um, and then, of course, I had to buy junk food and... Like, of course I of course I had to buy <laughs> junk food. Well, we didn't really have dinner that night and I was starving and Yeah, and that junk food gave me the shits. Yeah. It was the worst. Yeah, so we go to Woodman's afterwards and I can barely you know, while we have a babysitter, you know, the movie theater's right by Woodman's, you have to take advantage of going to the grocery store before you come home when you have a sitter. And then I get a text from Derek, we have to go now. <laughs> I'm like, what? I just got my strawberries and melon. Yeah, well, that's that's nature. So anyways, so we actually went out to the movies and saw Gareth Edwards' reboot of Godzilla this weekend. Um, what a combination of movies, huh? Heavy metal horror film, a French lesbian romance film, and then a giant rubber monster movie. Well, it wasn't really rubber monster this time. I thought it was a great two weeks of movies. So Tammy... 
I want you, because I've talked about Godzilla, you've kept your mouth shut the entire time, which is kind of the reason why I wanted to do this to <laughs> for, because I wanted to finally hear what you actually thought about Godzilla. Please explain to the listeners of DNT what is Godzilla? Well, you're pretty dumb if you don't know what Godzilla is. No, what is. is the movie about? Oh, well, Godzilla. No, what is? That's <laughs> not what this movie's about. What is this? What is the story of this movie? Okay, put me on the spot. Well, it's no different than me telling you to tell me what Heavy Metal Massacre uh-huh. was. Yeah, but everybody has watched Godzilla. Not everybody's watched this. Okay, Godzilla is about um. Um. <laughs> See, exactly my point. What? It's just about. You told me as soon as we walked out of the theater, don't say anything, Derek. Don't be Mr. Pooh Pants. You loved Godzilla. Shut up. That's those were your words. <laughs> I liked. Well, what do you want me to say? It's Godzilla. Like, like he's gonna stomp on some people, kill them. He's fighting with some like pterodactyl things. <laughs> you thought they were pterodactyls? <laughs> I don't know what they were. They're like futuristic pterodactyls. Oh my! <laughs> futuristic pterodactyls—they come out of the ground. Okay, so do you want? Well, me to- they flew. Yes, they did. Okay, so this movie—I'm not good at. I can I can explain like a bank account, but for you, for me to summarize a movie, it's Godzilla. It's like this guy who breathes fire. It's not a guy. It's a lizard. A lizard. It's the or a youngest would lizards. say a crocodile. A crocodile? Addigator? Or a middle one. An addigator? An addigator. <laughs> I like Godzilla. I like waffles. <laughs> okay, so we're quoting our daughter now. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so okay, so what this movie is, it's hard for me to describe this movie without just going into a geek rant about this. Well, what do you have to say? It's just Godzilla. No, it's, it's a story about... Uh, this American guy who runs a power plant, and uh, there's a, there's a and that's Brian Cranston from and, Breaking Bad. Yes, and like I love him, and that's part of the reason why Derek's like, you really want to see Godzilla? And I watched every episode of Breaking Bad, and I love him, and I thought he did a great job, and I could totally picture him, like you know, he did meth labs. Well, yeah, he could be in Godzilla. Well, yeah, he's a good actor. But anyways, there's a there's a, a plant failure. His wife dies. And then uh, he we fast forward after the plant failure and there's a, this huge catastrophe. Um, we fast forward to uh, the future where his son um, and now in uh, the military um, gets a call that his um, dad, Brian Cranston, is in jail for going into the contamination area, which has been cut off. And he Trespassing. Needs, yep, he needs to go and get him out of jail. He does so. And uh, I'm just going to try and go as quickly through this because it's a long movie. It's a two-hour-long movie. We watched a lot of hours of movies. Oh, this was ridiculous how long these goddamn movies were this week. Or this These two, two weeks. weeks. Um, so anyway, essentially... Um, they, his dad talks him into going back to the area because he knows that there was something else going on and it wasn't just a, a power plant failure, uh, reactor failure because it was a nuclear plant. And they get caught and then they end up finding out that there's some monsters in the ground. And they come out and they start stomping around and these monsters trigger um, – like God's, an earthquake. An earthquake that sends God that brings Godzilla back to life to destroy them and and uh, a bunch of other nonsense that doesn't matter because it never matters in any of these Godzilla movies. It's always about these uh, monsters fighting each other. So that's I mean that's as close enough to the plot that I need to. So basically, I said it too, and I just said Godzilla. Well, yeah, but and the reason why I'm putting this in quotes is Godzilla's only in the movie for like. Five to ten fucking minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a two-hour-long movie. He's in the movie five to ten minutes. What did you think of Godzilla, Tam? You know... This is I, what I've been waiting for. I don't want to cut you off. I've been waiting to hear this because you have not said a single word to me about it. God's, I realize watching this, Godzilla is a very emotional monster. Because <laughs> when he looked at... I don't know what that guy's name was. But when he looked at... The, that was kick-ass. Do you remember the movie? Did you watch the movie Kick-Ass with me? 
I don't think so. About the kid that decides to become a a superhero. So he dresses up as a superhero with like these little staffs and goes out to try and be a vigilante. But he gets his ass kicked all over the place and in turn ends up becoming like a superhero. No. Oh, you never watched that? Okay. So so. anyway, that's who that is. But anyway, um, you know, even though Godzilla, you know, ends up killing people, destroying things, he doesn't really mean to. He's the defender of the earth. He is, and he's there to save them. And once he kills those futuristic pterodactyls, he just well, goes... Well, don't, don't... Well, I suppose, oh. how can you... Yeah, he goes back in the water. I mean, and he, like, they did a close-up of him looking at the actor, and it was sincere, that look in his eye. Like, I thought <sighs> a, a tear was going to come down his... A fucking lizard. Okay, so anyways, this movie... I liked Godzilla. You liked it? I liked Godzilla. I thought it was good. Probably part of the reason why I liked it is what's his face Brian from Breaking. Cranston. Yeah, I liked him. I thought the actors are pretty good in it. Besides that one scientist chick or whoever she was, oh, she was awful. Wa- uh, so the Japanese guy Wantonby, he was what, really good. He was good, but his his um, associate assistant, she was awful. She was really bad. But I mean, overall, like I thought the movie was good. I agree. It would have been nice to see more of Godzilla. But I guess as a kid, I remember watching the old Godzilla movies, and I, I I enjoyed those. And Plus, it was fun to tell our three-year-old that we went to see Godzilla because she loves Godzilla. And well, she's been watching because this the last couple weeks, because i kind of been getting a little excited about this, I've been going back and watching all my old Godzilla movies. And uh, this movie... The first hour of it, I loved it. Yeah, I, th- I really, really liked it. I thought, I thought it was good. Um, I was a little lost how Godzilla got out of the ground. This is the problem. Is I got that a little confused there because I think I asked you something. The introduction and the handling of Godzilla is the clunkiest part of this movie. And it's called Godzilla. It's called Godzilla, and the movie is so good. Up until the point where Godzilla finally shows up, they have this awesome tilt-up shot where it it pans up all the way to the top where Godzilla's just standing there looking to kick some ass and he roars, and then it cuts away. And it cuts away. They're teasing you. And they don't, and then all of a sudden we hear about, oh, there was this huge fight, and then whatever. But they they showed it on a a TV screen. You didn't even see it. They cut to to the main character's kid watching it on fucking TV. I don't want to watch it like that. I want to fucking see the goddamn fight. That was strike number one. At that point, I was kind of like, oh, no. Because the director of this film made a movie, and I don't think I made you watch this. I think I might have watched this and you had fallen asleep, which I wouldn't have blamed you because it was a fucking boring-ass movie. He made a movie called Monsters, which was essentially the same thing, where it was a story about a couple with the backdrop of that there's alien monsters all over. But you never see the motherfuckers until the last five minutes of the movie. So it's a movie called Monsters, where there's no monsters in it until five minutes at the end of this movie. So as soon as like I was I was with this movie. I loved this movie until they cut all of a sudden they cut away from the monster fight. Like Godzilla, it's like, all right, this shit shit's gonna go. They cut away from it. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh no. Here we go. And then then they build it up again and they get to it, and you know, everyone's running. The the lead character's uh wife, who's a nurse, is you know, there she's escaping as the town's crumbling apart and Godzilla's just about to fight this Cloverfield type character, this monster, whatever the pterodactyl you called. And then the door shut and they cut again. Yes. And then you hear about that they had another fight. And at that point, the movie lost me. It completely lost me. Like I was, I loved this movie until it did that. And then at that point I was like, this movie can go take a hike. You hated it that much? I was pissed. It was just like, really? It's just, it was just such it a cock tease. You. It was such a cock tease for no reason. You probably built yourself up by watching Godzilla movies every You mean day. by watching better Godzilla movies? Yes. I can guarantee that. I Even the shittiest one that I watched was hell of a lot better than this movie. I don't walk into a movie. I, yes, I know there's a lot of people that love this, and I'm, I'm not going to take it from them. But when there's... <laughs> it 
didn't service anything. It didn't help anything. It didn't build. It's not like it built tension that all of a sudden got released at the end when they finally decided to show the big battle. Because at, at that point, I was already like, I don't give a fuck. Because they already teased me twice. It's like, okay, they're just going to pull the rug out from underneath me again. No, they show me like, what, maybe five minutes worth of Godzilla. And that the five minutes was cool. <laughs> it was cool, but it's just like at that point when I walked out, I was like, oh, man, meh. Yeah. I don't ever want to watch it again. So you're not going to buy this one? Nah, fuck this movie. Can I get that in writing? Yes. I, why would I want to watch a movie where... That's two hours long. Because when it goes it on five sale, five minutes of Godzilla in it. Five dollars somewhere. To, I can go to YouTube and watch those five minutes on YouTube. I'm sure somebody's gonna make a supercut of it, so I can just watch those Godzilla parts, and that's it. So essentially, we probably spent like sixty dollars just to watch this movie of five minutes of Godzilla. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. I could have just popped in Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla and enjoyed myself. Watch Godzuki run around and I would have loved it. I'm yeah. sorry. Seriously, I would have watched Son of God. Remember, remember that movie when we were at my parents a couple of weeks ago that where no one get to sleep and I tossed down a Godzilla movie and it was the goofiest yes. thing with the little Godzuki running around. I would have rather watched that than this. And that's a goofy, shitty movie. So, anyways, um, you have anything more to say about Godzilla? I mean, did did that did the cocktease? work for you did it not bother you at all i i get your point i did wish they showed godzilla more than what they did but i i like the story i like i like that um can we say what the ending no that, that, oh. that's not because people still want to go see okay. this so i'd rather I, not I, I like the ending how it ended overall i don't I don't hate it. I loved the ending. I yeah. Because it was cheese ball and it was yeah. reminiscent of old Godzilla stuff. So it was just as nonsensical and stupid as all the rest of the Godzilla movies were. Mm -hmm. So I, I dug that. But it's those, you know, it was the, all it needed to do was not cock tease me those two times. And this mood, movie would have had me. It would have had me because I, it I, I liked. It would have completed you. It would have completed me. I would have really liked it. But because of those two cock teases, I started second guessing every single last thing that went on in it. This is how Derek is with women. Don't cock tease. No, I, I like a I like a woman that's straight up. Yes. True story. Okay, so we're back. Here we go. Here we find out the final results. I think it's pretty obvious what the final result is going to be. But anyways, Tam, what was your pick for the best movie of this lot? Blue is the warmest color. I, I have to agree with you wholeheartedly. It's, uh, it's funny. This is an Astro Radio Z show. My, my bread and butter is exploitation, horror, cult, sci-fi. You know, genre type stuff. In two weeks in a row, or two shows in a row, I've picked the romance movie over the genre movie. Mm -hmm. Am I getting soft? When you're with me. Oh, Ooh. is that what this is? is it, am I trying to butter you up to get you into bed? Oh, Is it no. working? I don't know. It depends. What does it depend on? If I'm tired or not. Oh, you are tired. You're, you, <laughs> you were literally in the course of this podcast, us recording it. I saw you lean back and almost fall asleep and we were rubbing your eyes and shit. Derek. Come on, nah. Derek. I know you were. Don't diss me. <laughs> so if, if you were given 
you know, the choice between Heavy Metal Massacre, which is in my top three worst films of all time, Blue is the Warmest Color, and the brand new Godzilla, Blue is the Warmest Color, is easily the best film. Yes, like if you, you know, just went out and all these were at Family Video or Netflix, you know, choose Blue is the Warmest Color. It is on on Netflix, it's on Amazon, it's everywhere. You have no excuse not to go see it unless you're some— grumpy old bastard that has no feels. Yeah, and if you if you want to fall asleep to a movie, Heavy Metal Massacre. Yes, for sure. Um oh, or if you want to take your kid to the movie theater who's a baby and cry. Oh, let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about yeah, this. Yeah, so we're we they're just starting Godzilla and this lady in the back corner has a kid crying. Like seriously, worst fucking parents ever. Don't why? Why are you bringing your fifteen-month-old to Godzilla at night? We went out of our way. I know it's difficult when you have small children to, to be able to get out and do things. It's very difficult. Which is why we never get to do things together. Because we have the sense, the good sense, to not take our. We have an eighteen-month-old. We have the good sense not to take her to a movie that's going to have huge explosions in in scary elements to it. And it's and her have bedtime. Her, it's 8 o'clock at night and and make her sit in a theater with a bunch of weirdos in a dark theater with loud noise and a huge screen. Stupid fucking people. Then, so they, they drag that kid out. Then we hear another cry later on. There was two fucking there kids. There was another one in the front. Unless the it was, end. unless she had just moved to the front. I don't know. I have a feeling that might have been you what think happened. So? I think so. I thought that kid looked smaller than one that was in the front. I didn't see. See, I, I was saw. Try- the- I was too busy trying to like not be pissed at Godzilla. I didn't care about the kid anymore oh. until you were just like, really? And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't even want to think about that asshole anymore. I'm just like, oh. Terrible. It's just terrible. It's just like. They, it gives parents a bad name. Yeah. I'm like, you want to see this movie that badly? You're going to bring a baby? Really? Really? It's a two-hour movie at 7 o'clock at night. Huge explosions. Loud noises. Little kids have. It's no place for little kids to be. I mean, you brought. Um, when she was two, our two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old at the time, to the movie, to the cheap theater during the day for a kid movie where there's, like, nobody no, in no, it. No, there literally was. And it, it was the fantastic Mr. Fox. She acted up, and you even yanked her out because— No, okay, so, no, that's a different one. Oh. The first time I took our our oldest to the theater, no, it I'm, was— Oh, you're, you're speaking— I'm just the, talking about— when you guys went last fall, oh, yeah, yeah, and then our oldest the got theater. yeah mad because you guys had to leave early, but I mean, and that was actually for a kid thing, and, and the there fact, were a lot of other kids in and the, the theater. fact that our two and a half year old wasn't behaving, you just inked you're out. I mean, that was for a kid movie. I mean, you could have probably technically stayed in the theater at that moment because of all the. But other kids. I'm very like anxiety about of. Yeah. People paid to see this movie. I'm not going to let them have this kid. And she wasn't crying or anything. She just was chatting and talking. No, she flat out told me because there was a dance number in the movie. It was for Dis- uh, Despicable Me too, And we were halfway through it, and there was a dance number or there was some sort of musical number in it. I don't remember because it's not a movie for me, so I didn't really care. I, I just looking over at them, and if they were having fun, that's all that mattered to me. And there was some musical number or something. And after that, our two-year-old, I almost said her name again, our, our two-year-old got up and was, like, dancing. Instead of sitting down, she would not get back in the seat. She would not get back in the seat. Then I'm like, you need to get back in your seat, hon. And she goes, no, I will not get in my seat. I'm going to dance. And I'm like, okay, we're out of here. <laughs> See, now, if it was probably me bringing her to that cheap theater... I probably would have let her dance. Yeah, but that's I, me. I I'm just way too conscious of people around me, and I hate causing scenes and blah 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 blah. So, anyways, don't ever 
do that. Don't, Don't do be it. those people. If you have young kids, just stay home. Don't There's be Netflix. an asshole. You know what? These movies aren't that important. You have to go, especially when you're that. If you don't have a support system, you have to get babysitters. It's so damn expensive. Mm-hmm. It's so damn expensive. So now we went and spent, like you said, like $60 on a movie that I ended up walking out not really digging. That's what a waste of my money. Well, you had two hours with your wife. Yeah. Am I worth two $60? Hours. Okay, let's be honest. We had I had two hours with my wife in which we didn't talk. We didn't even look at each other. We were just we just held hands and watched Godzilla. So is that real? Do you consider that quality time? It's not like we were at home where we could snuggle and we could just sit. Oh yeah, give me that face! Like all of a sudden I'm mm-hmm. saying something uh, weird. <laughs> where where we could stop it, we could get up, we could chat. If you had something to say, we could stop it. We could go get a drink. We could make something to eat. We could blah 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 blah. So blah. you're trying to tell me you don't ever want to go to the movies again? Together? I am so sick of going to the movies. <gasps> No, I just the experience kind of sucks now. It just really sucks because and, it, and maybe it could be where we are in life and whatever. But it's just like the people suck because they're inconsiderate and on their phones or, or, and bringing their fucking kids to the show mm-hmm. and loud. And um, we're those old parents. Yeah, now we are. That old. we're complaining. It, it's expensive to go to the movie theaters. The vast majority of the movies I've gone to see at the theaters have all sucked. I would say out of five movies, I've liked one or two. You know, we actually spent more like $70. It's unbelievable. The last movie I saw at the movie theater I thought was really good was the Lego movie that I went with. That was the last movie that I saw. Oh, and her. Oh, you saw that with me. That was a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Two and then what else do we see? The Evil Dead, which was a horror. Oh, pile but of that shit. was awesome because the lady at the very end. Okay, we we could be going out. We're already going to an hour. I think we've already <laughs> overstayed our welcome. So, blue is the warmest color. One. Yep, I have to say, um, if you voted on sleep level, I did not fall asleep in Godzilla at all. Well, because we were at a movie theater, so I suppose... At an earlier time than normally we watch. If we would have went after 10, I probably would have fell asleep. I did fall asleep the first two times we started Blue is the Warmest Color. Well, that's the, the reason mark. why we stopped. Right. Um, but Heavy Metal Ma- Massacre, I fell asleep a lot. So, there's, there it is. There it is. Heavy Metal Massacre is the ultimate loser. I don't. I highly doubt I'll find another movie that will ever do that'll be worse than that fucking movie. Yeah, it was pretty much torturous. Trust me, Astro Radio Z listeners, when if you look up Heavy Metal Massacre, you'll be like, "Holy shit, this looks awesome!" Because it's cheese. It looks like a total pile of garbage that you would have fun with. You crack open a beer and you'd sit and you'd goof on. No, it is horrible. You know, it would probably be a better movie if we had like a little party. And it's on in the background and, and everyone's drinking. And then, then yeah. and because you don't have to pay attention to it, and then at some point, you you know, someone will make a comment about something on the screen, probably a poster, and then yeah. you would all laugh. Yeah, well, because vast majority and, of the film is just looking at the dude's wall anyway. Yes, and you'd be listening to heavy metal. Yeah, there you go. There's, there's something at least. So um, thanks for listening. This was another episode of DNT. I am your host, Derek Carey. Along with me is... Tammy. Tammy Carey. And uh, if you want to learn more about Astro Radio Z or maybe write in and let us know some movies you'd like us to sit and watch, um, please contact us at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email. Let us know. There's also, if you go over to astroradioz.com, the website for the show... I have put on the front page a new option in which you can send me a voicemail. You click on it. You can record a little voicemail. Tell me what you think of the show. Or if you want to, uh, we'll we'll play the voicemails on the show. We'll, we'll hear what you have to say if you want to recommend some stuff or you, you think that we're completely and totally wrong and want to tell us that Heavy Metal Massacre was the greatest piece of cinematic art you've ever seen, please do so. Go over to AstroRadioZ.com. There's a tab on the homepage. I have a player in the bottom that'll start playing the latest episode of Astro Radio Z. If you want to leave a voicemail, go to that player and press
press pause and stop it and then go up and hit the tab that says record voicemail and send us a voicemail. We'd love to hear your voice. Otherwise, you can catch this show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, anywhere where you can put an RSS feed in, you will get Astro Radio Z. It's also on TuneIn now. So, uh, yeah, you can get it anywhere. We have a Tumblr page and a Twitter page. So you have no reason not to find us and contact us. We'll talk to you. So, uh, Tam, you got any parting words? Well, now that I know you can leave a voicemail when I can't get a hold of Derek, I have a way of getting hold of him. And don't forget to kill your kids' spiders in their rooms before they go to bed so you don't have to go back in there. Don't